It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it, because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants Mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to the newest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Happy Wednesday, everybody. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel is with you. And the phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you certainly can. And of course, don't forget, Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find it on the Giants mobile app, your favorite podcast platforms, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Mr. Fiegels, happy Hello. Wednesday of the bye week. How are you, sir? The Wednesday of the bye week. It's good. We're recovering. We're getting our bodies healthy. That's what we're doing, John, really. Yes, and, right? we're, and we're prepping the stomachs for Thanksgiving next week. I think that's also a big part of this, right? It's going to be different. COVID, a COVID Thanksgiving. Yeah, so it not stinks. a lot of traveling. No, just it's... your own little little family unit. Yeah, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're just having my brother and his wife over to keep only four in the house, and that's and that's pretty much it. My yeah. sister and her three kids, who I haven't seen in like seven months. Stinks. Well, it's no fun. I think that all of us need to, to uh, refocus here a little bit and understand that this is uh, still there and we got to take, take advantage of uh, the time with our family and understand that this can still get bad, you know, so mm-hmm. do, do the thing you're supposed to do, especially you guys around that, that are over there at the facility, yep. something I haven't seen since I believe it was in March, um, <laughs> but I know no, I actually was there a few times for training camp, so that was, when was training camp, John? That was August, Jeff. It was, was it August? Okay. So well, I, the, yep. Yeah, the bottom line is hopefully um, with the with the vaccines coming, we'll hopefully start returning to normal by mid next year. But we'll see. Anyway, but we are in a bye. We did make it to the bye, which means pretty much uh, in this case, you know, ten games into the season. So yes, that is good. Giants have six games to go, Jeff. And before we get into it, let's just remind everybody that Big Blue Kickoff (coughs) Live is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to five hundred dollars. Please gift responsibly. So, Jeff, we haven't talked to you since the Giants played the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll get your take on that in a second. But Joe Mm -hmm. Judge did address the media this morning talking about what the Giants are going to be doing heading into into the bye. Not a whole lot there. Just a couple of quick notes. Did not comment on whether or not Graham Gano, who obviously was placed on the COVID-19 list yesterday, would be available for that Bengals game. They're monitoring them. They'll have to wait and see. They're going to have a pretty hard practice on Monday. And that's when they're going to have an idea of all these guys on injured reserve, whether it's Xavier McKinney or O'Shane Zimenez, guys like that, Tay Crowder, whether or not they're going to be ready to come back and play <clears> against <throat> the Bengals after the bye. And he said they'll also have a chance to see what Will Hernandez has back, uh, coming back off that COVID list to get him back into the rotation. So that's kind of where we are right now, Jeff. So mm-hmm. before we get to the bye, let's talk about that Eagles game. I gave my big spiel on it yesterday. So is Paul and Lance. You haven't. So just give us your overall takeaway from that big win against the Eagles heading into the bye. Well, real quickly, you know, the Giants have been carrying an extra kicker on the practice squad all season. So, you know, that's something to be reminded of. In For case this Graham... very reason, by the way. That's exactly right. So uh, Ryan Santos, Santoso is the guy. He's a big dude, 6'5", 258. I have not seen him in person. Uh, have you, John? I, have, uh, I might have walked by him in the hall, but I wouldn't know what he looks like. So, Man, uh, well, he's a big dude. 6'5", <laughs> 258? Seriously? <laughs> okay. Uh, not going to have to worry about him uh, kicking it through the end zone for, for kickoffs, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, so, so back on the game, um, listen, I, I feel like this team, and I said this from the very beginning, I think we're just looking at progress, right? I mean, the, uh, the game – Came in, the Giants came into this game with a chance to finally, what I felt, have a really good chance. I thought they had a really good chance of beating Philly last time. They should have. Um, but they buttoned up some of their mistakes. But they also left off where, uh, you know, they the last game they came in, they ran the football. I thought the offensive line, and I think that Shane Lemieux is a big part of this running game. Um, he'll continue to get snaps. Um, I know that Zeitler went out of the game with a concussion, so you got to see him move over to the right side. And then Hernandez came back there in his original position. So, um, you know, offensively, I thought they did some really good things. They, they continue to run the football, which takes the pressure off of Daniel Jones. Um, he was able to run his little uh, – you know, RPO or zone read, whatever you want to call it, and the the exact same play that he ran the 80-yard play on, well, that was the same one he ran the other one. So uh, they obviously didn't prepare for that. But what kept them in the game with that, John, 
was the Eagles defense had to respect that that play um, because they couldn't just pin their ears back and and get after Daniel Jones. So I thought the offense played good. I thought the defense uh, played very well. Um, these guys are very stingy. And one part of the game that the Giants, or excuse me, that the Eagles took advantage of, I really thought that they went after Blake Martinez. He only had three tackles. That tells you something right there. Um, because this guy's a tackling machine. He's double digits every week. Um, but they did a nice job on him. Um, I think that the, let's see, defensively, the defensive backs played well. So all in all, John, uh, listen, this team is, is starting to play well. Zero turnovers. That's the big thing. And now they can get healthy. You know, this team's been pretty healthy as it is, but just some COVID things and little, little, little tiny little injuries here and there. But that's what the bye week is for to get everybody healthy. So, yeah, I think it's good. They got a chance. Um, really, when you look at, I know nobody else likes to talk about this, but we can. Um, when you look at this division, uh, I really this is the, these are the two teams, the Giants and the Eagles. It's going to come down to uh, the end of the season when the Giants are going to play the Cowboys and see what happens. That's my opinion. There you go. You think it's going to come down to that, huh? I do. I really do. I, I, I have a feeling that um, if one of these teams can, and I think the Giants are one of them, can go on a little bit of a run here. The Giants' schedule is not, I would say, we don't know what these teams are going to look like in two or three weeks, but I think that the Philadelphia Eagles' schedule seems to be a little bit tougher. Um, but the Giants' t- schedule isn't easy, folks. They, they got some good ones in there, too. Um, but I feel like that last game... It's against Dallas, um, and I think it's going to be for all the marbles, which will be great. I hope it, I hope it is. Yeah, well, I think that'll be interesting. Of course, the Giants – let me ask you this question then, since, since, since you went in this direction. How many wins will it take to win this division? Yeah, I see where you're going here. Um, seven. I think seven is the number. Do you think you have a chance to win with six? Yes, yes. Um, that, by the way, that is exactly what Paul and I said yesterday. Seven guarantees it. Six, you still got a shot. That's right. Uh, and I think, you know, the six um, is going to have those math math things that come into the equations. You know, did you beat this? Or what about, you know, strength of schedule, things like Well, and I, also the Eagles tie will be a really big deal. Yeah, which screws things up. Um, but, again, just get four and two in the division and give yourself a chance, right? Don't get three and three in the division and, and then all the marbles are on the table for everything else. So, you know, and, and we're, we're not talking about controlling your own destiny here yet. You know, I hate that at the end of the year when everybody controls your own destiny. You know, what are you in a soap opera? Listen, I, I just, just play week <laughs> to week. Just play week to week. Um, one thing that I know will happen, John, and I can guarantee this is going to happen. Joe Judge will keep this team focused week in, week out, and not look at the big picture. And it's funny. He actually said, Jeff, heading into the bye that, you know, he says guys come back, you know, refreshed and, you know, ready to go. He said, no, that's nonsense. He guys come back and we have to <laughs> well, knock the rust off on Monday. So he looks at it a different way. How did you look at it as a player heading into the bye? Well, real quickly, remember this. Um, typically in a normal NFL football season, guys are looking forward to get away. Guys can't get away here. Everybody's, you know, everybody has to be, has to test. So nobody's getting away. So I think that, you know, to answer your question, I did want three or four days to get, just to get away from the whole building and then come back a little bit renewed. And I feel like from a player's perspective, that works. Um, From a, from, I guess from you're talking about, well, does it, was it rejuvenate the whole entire team? Well, no, it doesn't because some guys are stuck in there with rehab. Some The coaches are certainly – hopefully Joe Judge gives the coaches a little bit of a break because if anybody needs a break, those guys need a break. Those guys work 90 hours a week. They need to get the heck out of there and go refresh their brain a little bit. So I think that just kind of a little bit of change of pace helps with that. Um, but in this COVID era, I don't know how much of a real break they're going to get other than the fact they're not going to be on the field. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, and of course the players during the bye still have to come in here and test. They'll be tested every day, yeah. so that kind of keeps them around know, in the mix at least a little bit in focus. And they should so. be. They should be around. They should not be doing, you know, like like we talked about at the very beginning of the season, John. And I think you and I discussed this: is that when it look when it comes down to who is going to do well in the season this year, it's the team that stays healthy. COVID-wise. Yeah, and Jeff, I was going to make that point. You know, we, we were talking about Thanksgiving and stuff like that, keeping all the gatherings small. That's coming for these players next week and throw on top of it this weekend. You know, these players have been going, you know, 1,000 miles per hour for, what, 15, 16 weeks now, if you want to count training camp. You know, in the mix, 
You know, they want to just relax and spend time with their families and, and friends. You're just not able to do that to the same level this year, given the high case rate and the positivity rate in, in all these yeah. different states and also in New Jersey, not as bad as <clears> some <throat> other areas, but still not great. So everyone's going to have to enjoy their bye week, get away, relax. Joe Judge said he's going to be, you know, daddy Joe Judge this weekend. It'll make him more tired than if he was preparing for a game, which is absolutely true. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and that's kind of how they're going to go about things a little bit. Well, I think the one good thing about the players being around each other every single day is that, you know, that's a family. You have your family as the team is a family. You got your position groups that become family. You know, you're with them all the time. So I would imagine that that's probably where the family in Thanksgiving is going to come in. You know, the position groups are going to hang out together, but they're not going to have, you know, any other interaction with their families or anybody outside because they just can't afford to do it. But, you know, if the guys want to get together, I know my son is at, down at Rutgers. They're very careful about what they're doing down there. And I said to Zach the other day, he said, we're going out to, you know, to get a cup some hamburgers or whatever it was. I said, well, what do, how can you guys go out? And he said, well, Dad, as long as we sit outside and it's just the football guys that we're around and we wear our masks, we're good. You know, so, I mean, you can't just expect them to be in their dorm rooms the whole season and just do nothing. So you got to just be careful. And I think those guys will be, they should be, and they'll be able to hang out with one another, and that'll be a good thing. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. No question about it. All right, Jeff. So before we get to the calls, I see we got a full bank. We'll get to you in just a second. Great. Give Great. me what, what you think the Giants are doing particularly well right now and what they need to improve upon to get Ooh. to that final game. Both sides of the ball now. Mm-hmm. So you are playing for that division in that 17th week of the year. Yeah, I'll start on – I guess I'll start on offense. Um, what they're doing well is their their running game is starting to really get, get good. Um what a difference they've made because they can run the football. Look at their red zone production from the beginning of the year to now. Um, we're talking, you know, we're up in there. I think that Lance and I were talking 9 of 11 recently. When I remember just maybe a month ago, they were 2 for 10. So that's that's been good. Um, look at the scoring. Their scoring is in the 20s for like now maybe five or six weeks in a row. Um, so you got that going for you. Um, what do they need to improve on? Um, third downs. I think third down is a, is a good one. And, um, you know, I think that just they, they're doing the things they, they've had to improve on, and that's turnovers and penalties. And some of the penalties they had last week were, you know, some of them were on purpose, um, delay game stuff, things like that. But I, I feel like, you know, offensively, if they can, if they can go back and look and see how, what they're doing successfully in the run game and continue to do that, I think they're going to be good. Defensively, um, what they're doing well is I'm very excited about how they're getting after the passer, uh, the quarterback. That was something that we all thought, where is it going to come from this year? Um, I think they have some young guys that are you know, going to be able to come back after the bye and, and be able to help that situation out. But Leonard Williams and the big guys inside, I think that uh, they are getting some pressure. I think what they needed to get better at is defending the run. I think they were a little exposed last week against that. Um, and also against Washington, um, just in the, the zone defense. I un- John, you and I both know why they play their zone defense, mm-hmm. um, but I certainly, if they could just get away from it from a little bit and be successful, I would be happy because these teams are getting this chunk yardage, and, and I think that you know they're, the bend, they're a bend but don't break defense. And by the way, when they get down there into the red zone, they toughen up a little bit. Yeah, but I think they're, what, fourth in the league in, in red zone defense or six, something like that. They're, yeah, so great. that just kind of tells you the tail of the tape, right? I mean, they'll let you drive down the field, but once you get inside there, they're going to punch you in the face. So I think you can improve on those things. Um, obviously, the I think that Darnay Holmes is starting to play a little bit better. Um, you would hope that he would because he's, you know, he's a young guy, but he's getting experience. And... Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with McKinney coming back, if he's going to be there or not. But you got to understand, if he does come back, he's still got to get in football shape. I know he's on the sideline doing stuff and in meetings and things, but that takes some time. So overall, and, and special teams-wise, uh, I thought special teams-wise played great last week. Jabril Peppers is such a, a fresh of breath there for a guy that can make some plays and averaging. You know, really, John, there's two things that a punt return you want to do in special teams. Number one, give the ball back to the offense. Okay, and get your offense a first down on a return. So if you average 12 yards, you know, you got 10 plus and a couple couple extra and that you give the ball back to the offense that helps them. So and that's what Jabril Peppers is doing. Well, he's doing that kind of stuff. I think their kickoff returns could probably improve a little bit. But I think from the kicking standpoint, you could not ask for a better kicker punter combo than Riley Dixon and Graham Gano. 
I mean, Riley Dixon rockets off one, a 71-yarder the other day, and then flips the field. And if you look at the average drive start for the Eagles last week, I mean, I don't know exactly where it was, but it, it couldn't have been more than the 20-yard line. I mean, it, they were down in there, and that helps. That helps a lot. So. Uh, Jeff, I have some breaking news here, actually. Um, <laughs> do, you have any, do we have any music for this? Tom Pelissero is reporting that the Giants have decided to let go of offensive line coach Mark Colombo, and they're bringing back Gouge, Dave Gugielmo, to replace him per sources. What? How about hmm. that? All right, okay. you, you were here when Gouge was here, Jeff. Give me the scatting report back in the day. <laughs> well, full of energy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Gouge is a grump. And again, <laughs> I, I, want, I just want to emphasize the Giants have not confirmed this report, but this is something that Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network is reporting. Okay. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. I did not see that one coming. Did you? Well, let's, let's try to dissect this real quickly. I, and I mean, by the way, folks, we're, we're, we're getting hit with this just like you are, so... We're kind of trying to digest it as we speak. Well, I, I mean, off the top of my head, it, it tells me something's wrong. Okay, because now the I, offensive line has not performed well this year. They, they have pre- not. Their, but, their pressure rate is the second worst in the league at over forty percent. Mm-hmm. Well, and listen, I, this this means nothing. It's just an opinion. I mean, we have we like you said, John. We have no idea. So listen, I, I'm trying to figure out why. Um, is it the is it the development of the left tackle has not been what it's supposed to have been to this point? Um, is it that like the, what you just mentioned? Um, but you know the last two or three games that they've they've been playing better, um, and they've been running the ball a lot better too, right? So when I look at that, when I look at cause and effect, it doesn't make sense to me. So what what what's there and what? might make sense to me and I'm just speculating absolutely speculating here is it could have something happened was there you know a disagreement of some sorts as far as uh, style of blocking and scheme things like that I mean I don't think there's any way for us to know that just to point out that Gouge was with uh, Joe Judge up in New England Mm -hmm. obviously he has a history here with Dave Gettleman when Dave was here with the Giants and Gouge was the assistant offensive line coach under Pat Flaherty Um, I will check the exact years he was here well, but, where was Gooch? He, he must have been on not coaching somewhere, he right? Was, or was he, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe he was. I don't believe he had a job this year at the current time. Well, was he with the Dolphins a few years ago too, John? I he, think. honestly, he's been all over the place. He he's been with yeah. a lot of different organizations over the years. I will give you the the uh, biography in a second, but he's a guy with a lot of energy, Jeff. To your point, and he was here um, with Pat Flaherty for the 2007 Super Bowl, and then after that, he moved on uh, to New England. Interesting. Wow. That is some breaking news. That is some real breaking news. So I'll um, give it to you. So he was with um, the Giants from 04 to 08. Yeah. Assistant offensive line coach and also quality control. Dolphins 9 to 11. Jets 12. Patriots 14 to 15. Chargers 16. Dolphins back again in 17. Colts in 18. And then back with the Dolphins again in 19. So, yeah, because I, I remember, I, I, I believe that they let, Flaherty go in Miami and Gooch took over for Flaherty. That was in a that was in seventeen. Was I that guess, in seventeen? Right? Probably, maybe, or was that nineteen? But th- I sure. remember there was a transition there, right? Um, and I'm getting our years screwed up here, but okay. Now you know that was on July 29, twenty nineteen. Uh, they moved Gooch in. Okay, so it was last year. Yeah, yeah. So How about that. Okay, well, folks. And give us a call about that Interesting. if you want. And, and now, again, so, we just found this out, so I don't have any reasons or answers for you. It'll all be speculation, which we don't like to do here. So, but if you want to give your opinion, feel free. Oh, we're going to get opinions now that you put that one out well, there. And one of them will be from out. Charlie, who thinks he knows everything about the offensive line. So I'm sure he'll be online. If, if not, he's already there. Yeah, but look, I, I think you want the pass protection to be better. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. I thought they've been doing a better job picking up those blitzes. But obviously, your, your, your overall numbers for the season still aren't where they want to be. Thomas has shown improvement. Is he where you want him to be? Not quite yet. So throw all that into the mix. I'm sure that has something to do with it. We'll get some type of statement. I mean, the next time we're going to hear from anybody will probably be Monday in terms of Joe Judge and things of that nature. So we'll probably have to wait until then to get a real feel for it, I would bet. But, uh, again, that's the report from Tom Palacero that the Giants have let go of Mark Colombo as their offensive line coach and uh, bringing in Gouge, who was here um, with the Giants up until 2008 from 2004 uh, to take over the job. I'm going to try the name again. Dave DeGugiermo, I believe, is correct. Is that, is that right, Jeff? 
Gooly. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to get you to try to say yeah. it. Sorry. Huge. Huge. <laughs> Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. <laughs> the New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. All right. Let's go to the phones. <clears throat> we'll say hi to Mark in Chicago. He'll lead us off. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. How you doing? It's the first time I've ever led off. It's exciting. Yeah, very Mark, good. How are you worth Lead it? off better, right? You throwing down a bun or are you swinging for the fences? What are you doing? Darn right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my speculation on the Colombo thing is, uh, you know, they're they're unhappy with the progress. But I mean, look at what he had to. He's dealing with what two or three rookies. He's got Gates in a new position. Uh, you know, it's uh, I don't know. Something must have happened. And uh, didn't uh, Jason Garrett fire a bunch of people on the bye a few weeks ago, and it turned their season around? You mean a few years ago? Yeah. Believe it or <clears throat> not, actually, you, you make a good point, Mark. Uh, it was either two or three years ago now. I'd have to look it up. Uh, they actually had Paul Alexander as their starting offensive line coach in Dallas, and they fired him at the bye and elevated Mark Colombo, believe it or not. So, yeah. yes. Didn't they do it with their offensive coordinator, too? Didn't they move, shift that around as well? No, uh, they did not do that midseason. No, I don't believe so. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, getting, uh, you know, to me, bringing this guy in, to me, based on his history, looks like an interim step, and I think they would probably, you know, just based on his track record of going uh, place a year here, a year there, he's probably an interim guy, and they'll make a big change at the end of the season. That's my guess. But anyway, um, I am so excited about the game of, against Philly. I unfortunately couldn't see it live. I had to watch it the next day. But, you know, one of the things I called up at the beginning of the year, and I said we're a six- or seven-win team, and I think that's where we're going to be. I didn't think it would get, it to the, get us to the playoffs. But the thing I said was, I would like to have a meaningful game that was before thank, uh, before Halloween. It seems like every year we're being eliminated before Halloween, and here it is Thanksgiving. You know, we've got a chance to hit the playoffs, and I say let's just enjoy it. We don't know what's going to happen. Don't have any expectations. Just enjoy the ride. Hmm. Well. So, hey, look, Mark, anyway. I'm with you. Hey, look, look, Mark, if you told me before the year that the Giants would be playing a meaningful game on the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, I would have signed on that paper wherever you wanted me to sign. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that's it. And look, again, I said this on yesterday's show. I'll say it again. No one's throwing parties for 3-7, and seven, Jeff. No one should be throwing parties for 3-7. and seven. But the team's in the position that they're in, and they have a shot here to make a run at the playoffs. So, hell yeah. You go out there and you try to make a run. You don't say yeah. you don't apologize or say you're sorry for being in a division that's not playing very well. You go out there, yeah. you play your best football, you continue to improve, and if that turns into a division win, I don't care how many wins you get, so be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Progress. One other uh, comment on, on Daniel Jones. Um, I was really impressed with the game that he played the other day. To me, it was the first really complete game that I've seen from him. He played very well. Uh, his maturation, I think, is starting to come, and I hope this just isn't, just isn't a one-off, you know, that you know, we start to see this week after week after week, no turnovers. And the one thing that, that I enjoyed in watching the highlights was when uh, we talked uh, on the show about this being a weakness to him was hitting passes outside the numbers. And he had like five or six long passes out, that were caught outside the numbers. And I think that will really help his uh, and his game. Uh, the last thing is, uh, Jeff, uh, Jabril Peppers made a comment about his punt return where he ran into his own guy, and he said how he wanted to get to the punter. Mm-hmm. I immediately thought of you. Wait, I'd like to hear your I immediately, on I immediately thought of myself when he said that. <laughs> yeah, I really did. I don't want to listen. To, it's so much. It's so easy for those guys to get up. I mean, did you see what happened to the guy, the kid from? Uh, there was a punt return for. There hasn't been a lot of them this season, but there was one this weekend in the Green Bay game. And I don't know who it was, but he got up on the punter, and he would, all he did was make one head fake, and the guy just, like, crumbled. That's exactly what would happen with me. And by Trust the way, me. that wasn't Cam Brown's fault. He was in position to try to wall off the sideline. And if you go look, Joe, in, in the uh, Joe Judge report, sure. right, he actually broke down that punt return. On, on, yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. On, on the Joe Judge's coaches, so he made the point that, look, Cam Brown was in position, that the, the play was run for him to return left down that sideline, mm-hmm. and he was trying to wall off the sideline. Oh, now, and he cut in. Correct. Right? And Jabril yeah. Peppers, to avoid a tackler, cut inside a little bit, 
and he ran at the campgrounds back. Now, Jabril Peppers, understandably, is like, get, just get downfield and get the heck out of my way. I got this, man. But Cam Brown was doing what he was supposed to do. And there's just a little friendly fire. It happens sometimes. It does. Yeah. It does. Well, yeah. you know, the good thing about it was Cam Brown was doing his job. That's, I mean, hey, that's, that's okay, right? If everybody does their job, then they're going to get a return for a touchdown sooner or later. So, Jeff, have you been run over? Oh, man, I've been run over many times. Now, Jeff, okay, Jeff, this is a good one because we, we've talked about you getting blown up and yeah. blocked and punt blocked and yeah. all those things, throwing passes. What was your worst, and I think, Mark, it's a great question because we can embarrass Jeff on the air. What is the worst <laughs> situation you've had, Jeff, where you're like one-on-one with that punt returner and he either shakes you or trucks you and ends up scoring a touchdown? Well, I, I was never involved in one where the guy trucked me and went and scored a touchdown. Okay, that's good. Uh, um, yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, the bad thing about it is that he, they did run me over, um, and uh, Westbrook was one of them one time. You mean, um, you, wait, you, mean uh, you mean ran past you, not run over? No, he ran me over before. No, I'm, I'm sorry, not Westbrook. Uh, Brian Mitchell, excuse me, okay. back in the day. Um, he's, a, he's a big dude, you know, and – he got that low center of gravity, and I'm, I'm just trying to really go to shoelaces, and he got really low on me and just kind of just ran right through me. And thank <laughs> God that I had, like, you know, four or five other guys coming, you know, behind me to make the tackle. But it's just – and we try, to, we try to emulate this stuff in practice. It just never works. It really doesn't. I mean, I remember Coach Swetman said, all right, today's, today's tackle practice day, and he would roll his eyes. <laughs> like, and all we could ever do was tackle against, you know, dumb, like real, real dummies, you know. And so that that doesn't work. I mean, <laughs> it's just bad. It's bad. Now I think Riley Dixon. I think Riley Dixon could probably get up and 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 some of these kickers have made some like um, Brian Mormon from the Buffalo Bills was a great. I mean, he could make some serious tackles in his life. But thank you, Mark. Not, Appreciate the call. Not me. Not me, John. No way. Sorry. <laughs> Trucked. Now did he? Trucked. Now did you ever get juked to the point where you like fell down because the guy put such a good move on you and you just like just yeah. fell? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hester. Oh, Devin uh, Hester got gotcha. you. These guys just. Who I mean, else? Who else? <laughs> um. I know you remember. I don't remember. You? You kidding me? You think? You think I remember, John? Seriously? <laughs> usually. You think re- about what you just said. Usually, there. you remember the bad uh, stuff that happens to you on the field more I, so than anything else, right? I'm trying. I do remember. That I did get. This is in the Giants uniform when I was in. That we were playing. We were playing the, the Vikings and was it Patter Cordero Patterson? No, was it was a running back. He was um he was number forty, but he was the returner. And I remember not only did he juke me, he juke Ryan Keel first. <laughs> <laughs> so so Ryan was getting up on him and going to go make the tackle, and he put one move on him. And was it Marcus? The- was it Marcus Sherrills? Was that him? He had a five career punt returns for the Vikings. Could that have been him? No, it was not. It was a pretty. It was okay. a, a known name. It was a big name. Okay, mm-hmm. but but you know he he faked out Ryan, and I was you know maybe ten yards behind Ryan, and then here he comes and he faked me out. So it was a double fake job. Um, to the house. Yeah, gone. Yeah. <laughs> 201-939-4513. I love it. I have some more numbers, by the way, on the Jones down the field stuff I want to get to. But we have people on the line. I want to get to them. Giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded credit card. Debit card. Let me try that again. Hey, Giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants. Member FDIC, Scott in Northern Virginia. He's on next. Scott, what's up? Thanks, guys. Uh, the point I wanted to make is, and I've been trying to call since the second week Barkley's been out, I've come to the conclusion that Saquon Barkley is not a very good running back. Now, I'm not even arguing they shouldn't have drafted him. I liken him to a baseball pitcher who can throw 100 miles an hour or, or who can throw a wicked curve but has no idea how to set hitters up, can't pitch up and down, can't hit the corners. I watched Freeman and Goleman both now. They set up blocks better. They follow blocks better. There's just a, a patience and an understanding of the running game that's far better. Now, Scott, so, just, just real quick, I just want to point something out. All right, if you look at, <laughs> if you take a look at Freeman and Goldman this year, they've combined to average about three and a half yards per carry. All right, right. if you look at Saquon Barkley's career with the Giants, he's averaging well over four yards per carry. So I, I, I have a hard time saying I'd rather have Goldman and Freeman running the ball than Saquon Barkley. 
I think he that's a little home much. run every now and then. I, I think of him as a young Nolan Ryan. I think he's going to be great. Um, here's my concern and why I brought, bring it up. Yes. Gallman and Freeman are, are both free agents. I think they need to have one of those guys back, if not both of them. Well, look, I, I, I've always made the point, and, I, and I've said this on the show, that I think Saquon Barkley, to your point, is, is a Barry Sanders type of running back, right? He'll give you one, negative one, negative two, then 30 or 40, whatever. And I never liked him in short yardage situations. So I think when you get into some of those, like, get downhill quickly, make a move, I wouldn't mind having a complimentary back. But at the same time, I would like to see Saquon in this type of offense where you are doing more inside stuff, more power stuff downhill, to see if he can adjust some of that style or not. Whether he would, Scott, I don't know. We haven't seen it. I understand your point, but I think saying he's not a good running back is a little bit strong. I think that's a little strong. I appreciate that. Two other quick points. This is the best special teams I've seen in this team in, I don't know, six to ten years. I cannot remember the last time the special teams were this good. And uh, I have a saying about the offensive line, and this goes back to Eli's last two years. This is an offensive line that wears suits with no pockets. I mean, even when the quarterback's not getting hit, there's never room to step up and throw. So, and maybe that has something to do with why uh, your news from earlier today that the, the line coach has changed. I don't know. But, I mean, it's frustrating to me. Every time I watch Daniel Jones throw, to me, he's throwing off his back foot. Thank you, guys. No, you're I appreciate welcome. it. No, and you're right. And, look, we talked about it, right? The Giants have the second highest pressure rate in the league at over 40%. Mm-hmm. That, that's not good enough. Yeah. It's not good enough. Yeah, I, I'm, gonna, I'm very interested to see what happened here. Um, I think there's more to the story. <clears throat> it's just odd timing to me, John. I I don't know. Well, I mean, so, if you if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it at the buy, right? Because you have yeah, more but, time, but but yeah, I guess so. I I know, but you know, to your point, I think the Giants' offensive line. Um, we can see what Daniel Jones when he's protected. When you have a running game, the guy becomes a really good quarterback. But if you can't protect them and there's pressure in his face. Uh, he starts to turn the ball over and he makes mistakes. I think what Joe Judge is looking at when you think about when you go back and self-scout your team, go back and look at the first part of the season where some of those games, you're in games. Why are you losing those games? <laughs> you're losing them for turnovers and you know pressures and fumbles and all things that have happened on the offensive side. There hasn't been too many games that the defense has lost this game, if you think about it, right? I mean... It's really turnovers and penalties. Well, I mean, although I, you've had some opportunities where the defense although they, could I have guess won the game. I take at the that end back. The Philly game, the first Philly game. I mean, really, that was you know the defense has got to get a couple stops, and they let the they, you know they let Philly go down there. With Dallas four game and a half too, right? Dallas game, they gave up thirty seven yeah, points in that game. That's, a that's lot of right. Points. You know, but the 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 mistakes there that cost them those two touchdowns in the Dallas game. That's a win. Um, but, you know, to Scott's uh, credit, I will tell you, the special teams, that we talked about special teams. We knew that they were going to be good. We, they had to be, right, because that one-third of the game, we knew we could depend on them game in and game out, and then you get one of the other offense or the defense to really play well, and you got a chance. So, And I think that's kind of what you're seeing in this game and in, in this season is that the defense has played well, the offense has not, and the special teams has played pretty decently. So, you give a chance to win to some win some of those games, and they were in all of mostly all of them, but just not good enough. But now they're they're trending, they're trending up. Do you want to comment on the Saquon Barkley part of the call? I I understand what he's saying, and I feel like it's kind of a breath of fresh air for a lot of Giants fans to see running backs run downhill like Gallman um, and Morris because those are the type of runners those guys are. But are you willing to give up the the amazing plays that Saquon Barkley makes? Well, I mean, and, his, it, and he's webbing in the passing game too, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I agree with you. I'd, I would have loved to see him in this offense, the way that they run um, the plays and 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 all the you know all the different disguises that they do. Um, and by the way, if Saquon was in there, it would open up a lot of other things for some of these other players. And Gallman is a guy that he had he had everything to prove this year. He's a guy we we don't know what happened to him last season. We never will. But the fact that he came in here and put his nose to the stone or mo, was what's the uh, cliche? Put your nose to the stone ground. What is that thing? What is the saying? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, put your something to the to to the grindstone. I, grindstone. I your nose to the grindstone. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Uh, anyways, he came out and did it's it. You're saying I don't know why. It's, my, it's not my saying, but I well, you tried to use it. <laughs> I tried to use it. 
I didn't use it probably in the right context as usual. <laughs> but I will tell you that he, he, he really came in here and did a very nice job, and he's doing a great job. So to, to his point, they, they, everybody's loving the way that he's the downhill runner. He has a knack for the goal line. We've always known that. And, um, but I'm certainly not going to believe that Saquon Barkley isn't a good running back. I mean, exactly. you line up That's 31 other teams, I'll take them in a second. There, there are different styles involved. Styles. But to say he's not a good running back is just, it's not accurate. It's not That's accurate. Okay. He can say it. Well, he can say it, but it doesn't mean it's accurate. No. Big blue kickoff. Now, if you want to say he needs to get downhill a little more, be a little bit more decisive, okay, we can have that conversation. That's fine. We definitely but, can have that but, but, because but, it's a minus four, minus 362. Big blue kickoff five is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. Uh, all right, I'm going to roll the dice here, Jeff. So LMO. someone tweeted me. Mike Garofolo put this up 19 minutes ago. This is the caption. I'm on watching the tweet. this. I haven't been able to listen to it. Well, I'm going to play it on the air right now. Okay. So Mike Garofolo said, "If you're this is his tweet. If you're wondering why the Giants are making a change at O line coach at a time when they're playing better up front, see this clip from Good Morning Football Weekend the other day. Joe Judge has devoted more time to helping coach the line recently. Brian, you got prod up there for me. All right, here we go. Let's see what Mike Garofolo had to say on Good Morning Football." Their offensive line played much better, and they played better the week before than they had earlier in the season. One of the reasons for that, Joe Judge, the head coach, has really taken time during practice to spend it with the offensive line. Now, this is a little Bill Belichickian, to be honest with you. When Belichick, uh, who had Judge on his staff for a number of years, saw a need on a certain area of the team, that's where he would go during practice. Much as you had to have a view of the entire uh, operation there. Sometimes you need the head coach to lock in and help a specific position. Well, Judge has done that the last couple of weeks, and I'm told that it's helped technique, it's helped communication, and that uh, offensive line played much better against Washington. And if you go to the stats, by the way, and say, Mike, you're nuts. Daniel Jones was sacked five times. Go back and look at those sacks. Coverage sacks. One of them was a weird flea flicker that didn't quite work out. Another an end around. This offensive line playing much better, and that's a credit to Joe Judge, who continues to show promise as a head coach in my eyes. <clears throat> so there he is. That's Mike Garofolo. And they did, and they were better against Washington, by the way. Their pressure rate was down a little bit. It was back up again against Philly the following week. Just FYI. So look, they weren't playing. Look, we knew that was a big problem with with the offense and the passing game, right? Heading in. So Joe Judge obviously thinks a change can help. So that's. That's what they're going to do. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. I believe he's been holding the longest, right, Brian? Let's go to Scott. Hey, guys. How you doing today? What's Good. up, bud? Uh, I was a little surprised by the news, but I think I talked to you about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, John, when we talked about the win rate and the Giants were dead last and sustaining blocks over 2.5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that might have been the reason why Joe Judge even got involved. And so I don't see it as a major coup or anything to release a coach who probably he didn't feel was giving the Giants a better chance to do that, just that, hold their blocks. So uh, I can see it as a potentialist of the reasons why uh, he, uh, Columbo was released. But what I wanted to talk about, uh, and I can't emphasize this enough, uh, I, I first of all, I want to... Uh, or I concur with Jeff, and I talked to you about this a couple of weeks ago, John, that 6-10 and 10 would probably win the division. I still believe it, and I think Jeff's right. It's going to come down to the Dallas game, the last game of the season. But in regards to that, uh, what I look at as the Giants currently, and I like to use the word, instead of maturation, I like to use the word evolve. And evolved, the textbook definition is to develop gradually from a simple to a more complex form. And that's what I see is developing week to week. And one of the catalysts for that is the play of the running backs, both Alfred Morris and Wayne Gorman. And just to give you some uh, comparisons, the two best runners in the league right now are are Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, uh, and that's based on statistical information. Dalvin Cook is uh, rushing per per or is rushing yards per average is 5.5, and Derrick Henry is 4.7. Do you know what Alfred Morris is doing right now? And obviously they don't have the same number of carries. Uh, I can tell Mar- you. 
Alpha Morris is 5.2 yards per carry, and Wayne Gallman is 4.0. Yeah, that's a really small sample size, though, for Morris. Right, I understand mm-hmm. that. But if they continue that and they keep going the way they're going and establishing a running attack, there's no, uh, there's no limit to where the Giants can actually go offensively. And one of the things that I thought was unusual, and I want to give more credit to, is the and I think uh, an earlier caller mentioned this, is I can't give enough credit to both the punter and the kicker and the special teams. Aspect. Sure, give them all the credit you want. Go ahead. You just pump okay. them Okay. <laughs> Graham Gano, for example, is 21 out of 22 field goals and 4 out of 5 from 50 yards. I don't know if people realize how important that is sure. to have a kicker that can do that. And then Riley Dixon, um, he's done something that you, Jeff, are going to get a gold jacket for, which is putting the ball inside the 20-yard line. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think he's done it 21 times. And that's pretty amazing considering uh, that you need to have that to really make to flip, uh, you know, the field around, which I think is one of the more important characteristics that's sort of overlooked by a lot of teams, the ability to do that. And, it puts obviously defenses in a, in a more precarious or offenses in a more precarious position if they're starting further back. So I wanted to get your guys' perspective uh, on both of those characteristics. The, the running, I don't know why Alfred Morris was overlooked the way he was because he used to kill the Giants when he was with Washington. And he still has obviously a lot in the tank. And Wayne Goldman, we always knew, had that ability. So those two characteristics, the ability of their kickers, uh, their special teams, especially the punter and the kicker, and then the running attack they, they've sort of developed, how important is that for the team to evolve to the next level? Because I think they are doing that. They're evolving as they go. So I wanted to get your comments on both of those aspects. And I'll take your answers off the air, guys. Thanks. Why don't you go first, Jeff? Um, well, real quickly, the the running game. Both of those guys have been put in positions that the offensive line has blocked well, and they're they're now they're able to hit the holes quickly, and and both of those guys get positive yards. It's very rarely, unless something happens, that they're getting negative runs, and and we get into those negative runs all the time about how it sets up for your second and third down play calling. So, if you can get those those good good runs on first and second down like these guys do, because they hit the ball, they hit the hole hard. Um, then you got a chance. And I think the running game will set everything up for Daniel Jones. I like said that earlier in the show today. The other thing on special teams is that when you have a kicker that can make 50-yard field goals, think about what you have to do offensively to get, get into scoring range. Not much. I mean, you're getting the ball at the 25-yard line on a kickoff. Um, get it to That's 25 yards. It's two and a half first downs. Okay, and then you got one other first down, maybe one and a half to get into to score three points. So – and accurately, by the way, four out of five from 50-plus. And then when you have a punter that can stretch the field for you and turn it, flip it, and then have your defense come and pin their ears back when the, Giant, when the Giants' defense runs on the field and they're inside the 10-yard line, your opponent's offense has to start changing their play calling. So that's where field position comes in, and that's where a kicker with a very strong lane could help you win, win games especially. He won a game for the, for the Carolina Panthers against the Giants' And he kicked a, what was it, a 60-something yard field goal to beat them. So we know that he can kick them, and he's done an outstanding job. By the way, got, him, got himself a contract extension after last game. Congratulations, Graham. Yeah, I know, and he deserved it, too. Unfortunately, now he had to get from the COVID list. Not, not a great way well, to Well, luckily, he's, you know, we got a little bye week here. Yes. Yeah, so he'll be okay. Yeah, and look, I don't, I don't know how much Alfred Morris has left. I thought he was kind of running low when he was with Dallas on his second run there a little bit. It's easy to do it for a couple games, Jeff. Sustain that over a longer period of time is tougher. So I'm really curious to see how he continues to play, you know, as teams adjust to him and they adjust to the Giants running game and things of that nature. Yeah, and I think he has a role. Um, You know, those two, those guys, they kind of, help each other out a little bit. And I think that Wayne Gallman is your, is kind of your guy that's going to get most of the carries. But, you know, I also think that he's good out. Morris is good out of the backfield, catching the football and, you know, get him out in space. He's a little small dude. And, you know, he runs tough, runs hard. Um, He's got some good moves. So look for them to use him in different ways other than just pounding the football with them for, you know, 20 times a game. Yeah, no question about it. I'm with you, Jeff. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you certainly can. It's all presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released 
their annual seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. Let's go back to the phones. Charlie's in Portland, Maine. Hey, Charlie. Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Hey, my sources tell me, I know you just played uh, some information. It it had to be be something going on between Judd and Colombo. And to me, I just think if I was, you know, Colombo was a player. He played on the offensive line. And I think if you ask David Deal or if you ask O'Hara, Sean, that they would say rotation of the offensive line is stupid and crazy and it does not help the continuity or the offensive line. So my gut feeling is Colombo never liked this rotation business. And I think Judd liked the rotation business because he wanted to get these guys in for a few snaps. So I think that was one bone of contention going on. And maybe another one was that he was going to sit Thomas for a little while. And being the number one pick, they didn't want to do that. Charlie, so, you are doing a lot of assuming in this call. <laughs> yes, I mean, you are you are just honestly, you're making things up that you have no idea if they're true or not. I mean, honestly, you are. A normal phone call for Charlie, just totally making no, everything up. <laughs> hey, John, you're the one that said have your opinion. This is my opinion. This is okay. what I think is going okay, on. Yeah, but it's That's outlandish fine, opinions. I mean, come on, Charlie, seriously. You, no, but you don't think you don't think what I'm talking about with Colombo being a player would love to be rotated out when he was playing. Come on. You know that would not be what he'd want to do. Well, then you know what? If, 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 if that's the way he felt and he was fighting for not to do that and lost him, yeah. cost him his job, then that's, that, it is what it is. But yeah, you know, I, yeah. I don't think that that's – I mean, I think that Joe Judge has a communication level with his coaches that to be able to sit down and say, guys, listen, this is what we're going to do. I'm the head coach. I hired you. You're going to do what I want. Unless Mark Colombo just couldn't handle it anymore. I doubt that. Um, you know, listen, every, there's change in everything, Charlie. The game changes. Look at what happened when all of a sudden years ago they started rotating defensive linemen in. People were thinking, well, oh, my God, what are they doing? Like, rotating those defensive linemen. Oh, my. You know what? Watch next year. Like three or four teams are going to start doing the same thing, rotating offensive no, linemen to well, keep them healthy. They will. Yes, they will if they don't have a Tyron Smith and exact Martin. You think they'd be rotating those guys out if we had them? Of course they wouldn't. You Not know, necessarily. But oh, you know what? Your, you your, your offensive line just doesn't stay. You know, you don't have first-rounders for seven, eight years in a row without oh, injuries and guys leaving free agency. Yeah, so there, there's always change. Always change. I, I agree. And one thing about special teams, Jeff, I know this, your head might explode on this, okay. but I don't think we're a great special team yet. Maybe In which way? It, we haven't scored any points. When a special team score touchdowns with punt returns, kickoff returns, then we are a great special team. We haven't even got close to sniffing that on a punt or a kickoff. You know what, though? I think if you go and look league-wide, and I think you make a good point, I think those are some of the parameters of calling a special teams unit one of the best in the league as they score. Um, you would like, first of all, I think takeaways are, are important, which is this team has done that. Um, but I don't think there's been a lot of them this year, Charlie, in the league. I think there might have been up until a few weeks ago, there yeah. had not been a punt return for a you touchdown. First of all, you don't have kick returns for touchdowns anymore. They just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Happen. There isn't very, I mean, nobody I mean, does them. I don't know how many punt returns off the top of my head, maybe like I'm, three I'm, this year. Maybe? I'm, I'm going to say there's less than three. I'm going to say there's two. Let me look that up. I'm not sure where I can even I'm going to say there's that, less than two. I will two. try and find that, actually, um, right now. But, you know, so I feel like, you know, when you look at the special teams, you look at your coverage team and you look at the production out of your field goal kicker and your punter, the net punt average. When you throw those into it, I think – and there's – and listen, there have, there's, there's an, there have been two, Jack. There's been two. Keelan Cole, Jacksonville, <clears throat> which actually happened this week against That's the right. Packers. And yep. uh, Jake- I'm not sure if it's Hakeem or Jakeem. Grant from Miami had a 88-yarder for a touchdown. And, yeah, in fact, um, C.J. Goodwin from Dallas had a 73-yarder. That was not a touchdown. Other than that, there has not been another one. Well, Ray Ray McLeod won for 57. Other than that, there has not been another one for, like, more than 40. So, there you go. There have not been a lot of big punt returns this year. Yeah. Kickoff, I know there was one Thursday night. Patterson, I mean, he does that all the time. 
right? There um, have been uh, five, four. four. Yeah. Devin Duvernay, who we talked a lot about in the draft process in Baltimore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Cordero Patterson in Chicago, to your point. Byron Pringle had one for Kansas City, and Isaiah Rogers had one for Indianapolis. So not a lot. <clears throat> but a net average on punt, average start, uh, drive start on kickoff team, those are the ones you look at, and then your field goal kicker has got to be in the 90%. And I feel good about Pepper's breaking one, Jeff. He's come close a couple times. I feel good about that. He will. He's such a playmaker. You know, I just – and he's not one of those guys that – he's not reckless with the ball. And he's also not going to get blown over, you know. And and by by that I mean, you know, (laughs) you 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 put these little tiny guys back there for punt return, Mm -hmm. and if you breathe on them the wrong way, they're going to tip over and fall down. Like, Jabril Peppers breaks tackles. He's so big and physical and explosive, you can get to him, but he might break that tackle, and that's going to be what I think winds up turning a, a punt return to a touchdown. I'm just reading Twitter, and I'm, I'm getting a big kick out of some of this stuff. If you guys want to just get on Twitter and start reading stuff, it's actually hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm not even going to bring it up, Jeff. No, I know. I'm not either. There's, I'm just... there's a crazy rumor out there about something that happened here this morning that's been refuted by every single person that actually has contacts in the building, and it's just ridiculous. So we're not going to get into it. No. We're not going to get into it. 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat. Let's go to Pete down in the Florida Keys. Pete, how are you? Good, John. Jeff, how are you guys doing today? Good. Great, Pete. How are Good. you? Excellent, excellent. So, Jeff, um, my two questions are directed to you, the future Hall of Famer. All right, I'm well, thank my you. Mouth. And by go the ahead. way, every time, every time that you call, <laughs> every time that you call, and John or whoever is hosting the show and says from from the Keys, I just yep. picture, I just picture you in one of those, you know. Uh, lawn chair sitting on the beach with like a Corona beer. <laughs> no, it's a margarita. It's a margarita. It's a margarita. Actually, that's Bacala. it's actually a Bud Light, right, guys? A Bud Light. Yes, that's right. I, did I? What did I say? I don't know what I said. Well, I, you didn't say Bud Light. I didn't say. I didn't, yeah, I meant Bud Light. Yes, exactly. Blue can. Yes, the, the blue can. Yes. Anyway, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, two quick questions. Uh, so, Jeff. During a typical bye week for you, what would Jeff Eagles do during the uh, that process? Would you work out? Would you take sure. some family time? And then uh, I have fam- a second question for you. Uh, family time, you know, you take the time that the coaches give give it off. A real quick story, you know, when I was in Seattle one year, we were playing a away game in Jacksonville, and we, we weren't supposed to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars at that time. It was Coughlin was coaching them. But uh, Holmgren had said to us, if you guys go in and beat Jacksonville, I will give you the whole week off for the bye. It went into overtime, and we won the game, like, with three minutes left or something in the game in the overtime period. We were so excited because we got the whole week off, right? Um, and that makes a big difference to a lot of the guys that were older. But just spend time with your family, and, yes, you work out, you go in there, and you do a little bit of maintenance, and it's kind of getting your body ready to get back and – and most of these buys are come around. I mean, remember, John, they started doing buys like after the fourth week, which I thought was ridiculous. Um, but when you think of four weeks of preseason, four weeks of regular season, that's eight weeks into it. So, but I always like to have the buy right around the, probably the seventh or the eighth game of the season. Gotcha. Cool. All right, Pete, what else um, you got? So, as of today, I believe that the longest field goal is what? 63, 64 yards in the NFL? I believe it's 64. Yeah, Prater just had a really long one, right? 59 last week. And it's amazing how over the the last few years it's getting longer and longer. Jeff, my question for you is this. Do you think that we're actually going to see a 70-yard field goal, 75-yard field goal one day? And if indeed you do, what field conditions, what would have to happen? Like, I'm thinking possibly a dome. Would they have to tow it? Nah, see, here's the thing. I don't want to – Pete and Jeff, I think it would have to be in Denver, right? Denver with the wind at your back, is that your best chance because of the altitude? Good point. I I think 70 is feasible in a dome somewhere where a guy can kick it um, with a little breeze behind his back. By the way, just for the record, this year there's been a 61, 1, 2, 3, 4 59s, 2 58s, Three fifty sixes and then like a bunch of fifty fives and under. So there's sure. been a lot of long kicks yeah. this year. There will be. I'm I'm going to guess that the NFL record will be broken soon. It's just a matter of opportunity. Remember this. So on a sixty five yard field goal, just think about where you're giving the guy the football, the other team. 
You know, so yeah. it's got to come at the last, you know, the end of the half or an end of a game. So you don't get the games don't set themselves up for those types of tries all the time. So um, I actually it was with the Giants when we played Denver in a preseason game where the kicker that day kicked a 65 yard field goal, which was the longest field goal in the history of the league. But it was preseason. It didn't count. Was that but to Elam? your point, John? It was in Denver. Was that Elam that kicked that one? That, I, no, um, it was the backup guy. Oh, that really? Was there. Yeah, huh. it was in training camp. It was a preseason game. Wow. Um, but it was at the like like you said, it, it was in Denver. Um, Thank a beautiful you. night. It was warm. The altitude and it was the end of the half, and so the, that type of opportunity came up. Yeah, you're right. It would have to be a game winner at the end of the game or with no seconds on the clock at, sure. at the half. So because, you don't you don't have yeah. the at bats. You know what I'm saying? Like so you're not getting them it, during the season. A whole football season of 16 games. Um, how many times are you going to have those type of opportunities to have those types of kicks? Very few. So that's why it just takes it's taken so long for it to be broken. Hugo in New Jersey. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Hugo. Hello, Hugo. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to bring it down to earth a little bit after sure. Charlie's call, then maybe address a couple of his points. I, I, I'm not one to speculate about the reasons for the dismissal of, of, of the O-line coach, but the only thing I, 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 I can think of is, you, you know, you get rid of someone when there's some sort of breakdown in something that's a clear line of accountability. I mean, that's just a business concept, right? And teaching technique, you know, some, sometimes that's on the player, right? So I'm not, I'm not buying into what Garofalo said. I mean, a bunch of coaches try to teach Eric Flowers technique and were not successful, and it wasn't because they weren't doing a good job, because everyone knows Pat Flaherty is a great O-line coach, Okay. I think what's really happened here, and it goes back to a point John's been making, is Joe Judge is big on, don't tell me what players can't do, tell me what we can do and we'll use their strengths. And we've changed the blocking scheme completely because players couldn't do what they were being asked to do early in the year. And my guess is it's taken a long time to adjust and it's cost us games and, you know, Judge is big on accountability, and that's that's. I mean, other than misconduct, that's really the only reason I could think of for this dismissal. Good point. Yeah, real good point. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think hey, about. Hey, hey. I I didn't think about the the whole coaching aspect of it. Right at the very beginning, and when he started his tenure here with the Giants, when the, and he came out and said that, um, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. And by the way, yeah, I will hey, say hey. this, and I, I I I'm pretty sure that Mark Colombo's, you know, basically hard on those guys because he's a pretty intense fellow. He's a very intense So I, I can't yeah. imagine it has anything to do with that because that dude is scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is. And, he's and look, very serious, been a lot too. Of, look, there's been a lot of changes to the blocking scheme. I mean, one thing I noticed is all of a sudden Caden Smith is blocking on the move a lot more, and he's doing a lot effectively. Where at the beginning of the year, they, they were just pull sort him of, a lot. They pull uh, him a lot. Yeah, they pull him a lot, and that's what he seems to do really, really well. So, uh, I, you know, Coach Judge wants to make adjustments from week to week, and he's probably getting his input from coaches. And, you know, if he has to step in and do the coach's jobs for that, you know, that's probably one of the reasons. Anyhow, look. Uh, yeah, real quick, you know, we're running out of time. Yeah, I mean, the one point I want to make, I bet you the narrative three weeks from now is going to be how good Daniel Jones looks. And I, and I think the reason for that is because we've kind of gone through our murderer's rows of uh, good pass rushing teams, and the next three teams are, do not have elite pass rush. It's a big part of it, so no the, question. I'm with you. The improvement of the offensive line combined with matchups, as Paul likes to say, I think is going to put Daniel Jones in a very different light going into the last few games of the year. In He's going to be doing really well. Yeah. No, I'm with you, Hugo. I, I agree 100%. And, you know, we got through that really tough period there at the start of the year, and thanks a lot for the call. And now we've gotten to the point now where you have some defenses that aren't quite as good coming up. And the Browns have good pass rush, but their defense overall is not very strong. Yeah. So these next four games, the offense will have an opportunity to cook a little bit. 
And, oh, look, then, and the defense, by the way, is going to be challenged now. It, it's the opposite, right? Early yeah. in the year, Jeff, you get the Bears who aren't a good offense. The Niners are banged up. The Rams' offense is fine, but it's not great. Washington and Philly statistically have two of the worst offenses in the league. So the defense has gotten a little bit of a break. Well, you know what? Here comes Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson and Joe Burrow. Now the defense gets the pressure put on it a little bit. That's and right. the offense gets a little bit of a break compared to what you saw earlier in the year. Because those teams that you mentioned, if you look at their their scoring defenses, they, they, they give up points. Those teams give up points. Yes. So that will help because, you know, the team that you mentioned, they're scoring offenses. Uh, all right, final call of the show, 201-939-4513. Uh, Bruce, we don't have a ton of time here, so if you got a question for Jeff, let's get to it, and then we got to run. i got a quick story for Jeff. Sure, go ahead. Love Long it. time ago, in preseason, the Giants yeah. bring this punter in. He kicks the first one with a little bit of wind behind him, goes over to the receiver's head, 90 yards. I'm saying we got the greatest punter in history. This guy's unbelievable, right? Next punt, 30 yards. Anyway, turns out the guy's a safety who can punt. Are you saying how punters can't tackle? Yeah. The guy's returning the punt up the sideline. This guy comes down, hits him as he's going out of bounds, flips him ass over tea kettle, wrecks him, gets a 15-yard penalty, and we never heard from him again. <laughs> yeah. They, well, they didn't need his punting services anymore, but maybe his tackling service would have helped. But... <laughs> hey, I've had my, well, I've had my share of guys come through camp that could kick them 70, but they could kick them 32. As soon as they got in that stadium yep. and they, they walked over those white lines and said, oh, my God, where am I? They forgot how to kick. That's just, it's amazing. It's just it's really funny. Good story. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Bruce. Good story. Thank I you, like Bruce. It. That was quick. Yeah. yeah well, we needed it because it's I know. one. I love it. I mean, he, he called it. He's like, you told him you have a little bit of time, and yeah. boom. Everybody, great job on Big Blue Kickoff Live, which is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games. Once again, head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. And Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of all of our shows, including BBK, along with the Giants Rewind Podcast and the Giants Huddle Podcast, on the Giants mobile app at Giants.com slash podcast and your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you go check it out. Just a reminder, folks, we do not have any shows tomorrow, that's Thursday or Friday, and then we're off for Thanksgiving next week. So that's our adjusted schedule. Jeff, enjoy your long weekend, my friend. You uh, Well, listen, you do the same. You do the same. I know you work hard, John. You deserve a little time off and uh, spend it with your family. And everybody stay safe this uh, weekend, I even though it's only Wednesday. But, you know, still, the rest stay, of the week. Yeah, so. I, Jeff, you said everybody be careful out there. Stay safe. And we'll see you on Monday for the next episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. Have a great bye week, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you on Monday.